Welcome to episode 58 of the Marketing Junkie Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Caruana, and after today's episode, I'm just going to warn you, you may feel a little called out. Why? Well, today I'm talking about one of those things most business owners know they should have, but don't actually implement or put into place. If the title didn't give it away, we are talking about a welcome email sequence when a new subscriber joins your list. Now, when I was doing some research for this episode, I was shocked to know that not only are most business owners not sending out a welcome sequence or basically a series of several emails that are aimed at moving a new potential customer closer to becoming a paying client, but according to active campaign statistics, 48% of businesses weren't even sending out one welcome email. So let alone a whole sequence, they weren't even sending out one, which to me is just unacceptable. Now, those automated subscription confirmations from your email service provider do not count here. I'm talking about an intentional onboarding email that a business owner writes to welcome someone into their world and give them some next steps. And on top of that, 27% of businesses are not only not sending out a welcome email, but 27% of businesses, their new subscribers won't even hear from them for three weeks or more after they join their list. What? And when I pulled my own group, my Playmaker Society group, I was even more shocked to know that most of these very brilliant minds, despite my advice and training, just hadn't had time to implement my suggestions yet or maybe didn't see the value in it. And that is not to call anyone out or sound negative. So if you're in Playmaker Society and you're listening, this is not to call you out because trust me, I understand. Many times as business owners, especially new business owners, we're barely keeping our heads above water, barely staying on top of our daily tasks, let alone making time for those extras that will actually help get us ahead or move our business forward. We're just trying to survive the day. Email marketing is something that is so ingrained in my mind and is so interwoven throughout every process of my business that sometimes I honestly and admittedly forget how I was at the beginning, how overwhelmed I felt with all the tips and strategies and must-dos being thrown at me that I just had so much trouble prioritizing and I just there was so much that I knew I needed to do, but I just didn't implement. So my goal with this episode today is to try to keep it as short as possible because I know you're busy. I'm going to quickly explain the why behind email sequences and then give you some practical advice about how you can implement this right away. I can't reiterate enough how important a solid welcome sequence is in your business, especially if you're busy and want to lean a little bit on automation to ensure that you are constantly getting new sales. So please listen until the end and make it your big goal this week to make it happen. You're listening to the Marketing Junkie Podcast with me, your host, Michelle Caruana. I'm a corporate marketing nine-to-fiver turned brick-and-mortar business owner turned online entrepreneur, and growing businesses through smart and efficient marketing is kind of my thing. If you're like most business owners, you probably feel like you could overdose on all the different tactics out there, so I created this podcast to help you cut through the noise and the clutter and just get the clear actionable strategies based on what's working and what's not for both myself and my marketing clients. Tune in every week to learn exactly how to attract an audience and convert them into customers and raving fans. No fluff included.
All right, let's first talk about why a welcome email sequence is so important, and then we will get into the how, and I'll share some elements of a high-converting welcome sequence. Now, I'm starting with the why again because I have seen so often that this falls down the list of people's priorities in their business, so I'm here to give you that little pep talk that you need to finally put this into practice. Number one, people are most interested in your business when they first subscribe. So there's something those of us in marketing refer to as sign-up momentum. And this is basically saying you're more likely to get a sale or a sign-up or a booking from a new lead or subscriber. I tend to use these words interchangeably, by the way, rather than someone who has been on your list for quite some time. Now, I'm not saying that you're going to sell your highest ticket products or services right off the bat, nor should you really try. I am still a big fan of nurturing your subscribers towards these more serious investments, but you can still make sales or give these new subscribers next steps right away in your first couple of emails, which again, I'll talk more about when I share my practical tips and my own personal strategies in the second half of this episode. It's been proven from multiple email service providers that open rates and click-through rates are by far the highest in a welcome sequence as compared to more sporadic broadcasts because of the sign-up momentum. I typically send my welcome sequence in short succession at first, so one email daily or every few days before I start sending these new leads my regularly scheduled content because I want to make sure I'm showing them my best stuff and showcasing my cornerstone products and services or something Sometimes I like to call these my gateway products, these lower ticket items that just get someone to pull out their credit card without much thought or consideration because we all know oftentimes the hardest dollar to get from a customer is that first one. And again, I will share my exact examples and tips in a moment. I just wanted to leave you with this one last statistic from Active Campaign, where they have proven that their customers who set up an automated welcome sequence get an average of 89% more revenue from their email marketing campaigns and 332% more sales. So the sales are actually like number of sales and 89% is actual dollar amount. My eyes literally bulged out of my head when I read that because I think this powerful tactic is so highly underused in most industries. So many times when someone says to me that email marketing doesn't really move the needle in their business, it's because they're not properly welcoming their customers and acclimating them into their ecosystem and instead just jump right into their into sending their like weekly genetic or generic newsletter. And don't even get me started on the whole weekly newsletter because that's an entirely other episode for another day. And again, these huge statistics might seem overinflated, but they have proved accurate in my own and many other businesses. And that's because your new leads are number one, more interested when they first sign up. And two, those open rates again and click-through rates are much higher. So you'll naturally have more eyes on these emails and therefore a higher conversion rate and more sales. For me, my general list open rate is around 25 to 30%, but for my welcome sequence, those first like five or six emails, I can expect between a 75 and 85% open rate because of the nature of the emails. That alone is just incredible. And it's because your leads know that you're speaking directly to them, knowing that they're a new subscriber and you're not just blasting out your content as usual. All right, number two reason why a welcome sequence is important is that you can segment your leads for tailored content. 
Now, this is more of an advanced strategy and one that I didn't implement until my second year really taking email marketing seriously, but I can't recommend it enough. Segmenting your leads is basically giving your new subscribers two to three options, having them click on one, and then that choice segments or tags them in your email service provider, letting you as a business owner know how to better serve them with your email content. I'll get into more specific examples in a moment, but for now, I'll just use one of my clients' welcome sequences as an example. This client teaches hairstylists, both in person and online, how to master the art of color. Her main lead magnet, or a free piece of value, in this case, a downloadable PDF list, to get new subscribers on her list is called 10 Practices of a Six-Figure Colorist. Now, we created this specifically to draw in a wide variety of potential customers for her. This title will easily attract those just starting out who have high hopes for their career, but also those who are a bit more seasoned that might feel stuck or want some tips on up-leveling. So when someone opts into this lead magnet using a simple landing page on her site, they get that initial welcome email. That welcome email delivers on what she promised, and it allows them to download that PDF list. It also, however, gives them two links to choose from and click on. And basically, just to give you the gist of it, it says, okay, where are you in your career? And choice or link one says, I'm just starting out and perfecting the basics. And then the second option or link says, I'm established in my career and looking to now break six figures. By clicking on one of those links, this client has set up her email service provider to tag that lead as either new or seasoned and then tells her email service provider which welcome sequence that lead needs to go down. Now, this might not be super relevant to your business, but it's perfect for those of us with different ideal customer types or those of us who offer different levels of products or services depending on what someone is looking for or where they are in their journey. So this hairstylist trainer client, for example, has some low-ticket webinars aimed at just for those just starting out because she knows that they are likely just starting to earn money, so they don't have a ton to invest, and they might be wary to invest coming right out of cosmetology school. She also, however, has a membership and some higher-end, higher-ticket courses and in-person trainings that are specifically tailored to those who have been working in color for a while and are more so looking to grow their business and client base, not necessarily improve their basic skill set. So segmenting these leads right away helps her tailor her message to those new leads so she's giving them exactly what they need exactly when they need it. Now, if you're looking for a tutorial on how to do this, I'm actually putting one out on my YouTube channel today, the same day I release this episode, because I know the whole segmentation and tagging thing can be a bit daunting and confusing, but it's actually way more simple than you think. I use ActiveCampaign, which I personally believe is the gold standard of email service providers for small businesses, so that's the tool that I'm going to be using for my tutorial, but you can also accomplish this with something like MailChimp on their paid subscription for as little as $21 a month or really any other email service provider. I'm going to link to that tutorial in my show notes as soon as it's available so that you can see it in action. All right, the number three reason why having a welcome sequence is so important is that, again, to reiterate, you can meet your subscribers where they're at. 
So speaking of giving customers what they need when they need it, just like my hairstylist client does, we also need to remember that many of these people, especially if you're building your list using cold audiences or ads or contests or something like that, most of these people are brand new to your business and they don't yet know what you're all about. So before you start sending them your regularly scheduled content, it's important again to acclimate them and start forming a real relationship with them. This relationship you have with each and every single individual on your email list is so underestimated by most businesses. But for those who treat each subscriber as a real person and not just a number on their list, well, their results speak for themselves. I promise you that. So if you listen to episode 55, I start digging into some welcome email sequence suggestions with a real small business marketing client. So if you want some more practical examples, go back and listen to that episode. But basically, I use my email sequence to make my subscribers feel really special and heard. Again, I'll give some really specific examples at the end of the episode, but I basically start by sharing our brand story and most importantly, starting a conversation. When you're small and you're welcoming, say, less than 50% of, or 50, uh, 50 new subscribers a day, this is a time where you can really take advantage of your small size and get scrappy. Ask people to reply, like literally have a conversation because I'm here to tell you that it works. Anytime somebody replies to one of my emails and has a conversation with me, I can't tell you. It must be like a thousand percent more likely to actually convert them into a paid customer. I can't tell you how important this one little scrappy tactic has been to my business. And even though I'm welcoming between 50 and 100 new people every single day to my list, I still am constantly asking people to reply and then replying to those replies because I know how important these relationships are to the sustainable nature of my business. And it is a priority to me. I make time for it. All right, the fourth reason why a welcome sequence is so important in your business is that you can repurpose and drive traffic to your best content. So something I love to do in my welcome sequence is share links to my most helpful, best performing content that I know will be useful to someone new to my list. This not only works to forge a relationship with your new subscribers, but it will also boost the views on your website, social media channels, YouTube, blog, or podcast. And it's just going to give you more mileage of that content that you worked so hard to create. So for example, I know based on my experience that the best and fastest way for me to warm up a new subscriber on my Play Cafe Academy list is through my YouTube videos. So regardless of how someone found their way onto my list, I immediately begin sharing some of my best videos. So for example, people new to my list really appreciate videos like three things no one else will tell you about owning an indoor playground or a day in the life of a small business owner vlog. Not only do I get a lot more YouTube subscribers and views this way, which is one of my revenue streams, but I also give people a chance to see my face and hear my voice helping them understand more of what I'm about and also introduces them to my teaching style. If you want to learn more about how I use YouTube to get more sales on my online courses and warm people up, go back and listen to episode 45. I will link to that one also in the show notes. Now for my marketing business, my ideal customer is a little bit different. I've noticed that these ideal customers tend to consume content through podcasts. So I like sending them to my episodes with specific case studies and client testimonials because 
I know they will be more eager to learn from me or book a call with me if they've already heard about a transformation that I've helped other business owners achieve. When I owned a brick and mortar indoor playground, I tended to direct new subscribers to blogs or videos that I composed about the style of play our business provides and what our space specifically can provide for their family. So these videos, I I wasn't constantly sending them out. So like our frequently asked questions video, our birthday party Q&A, our tours of our facility, I wasn't like constantly blasting them out on a regular basis to my list. I was just kind of hoping people would stumble upon them on my website when they were doing research. However, I found that sending people to these resources via a welcome sequence not only improves the likelihood of them actually consuming the content, but they also appreciate that I'm providing them this info without them having to dig or search through my website to find it. All right, the fifth and last reason a welcome sequence is so important, and I hope by the end of this you will be absolutely convinced that implementing this should be your goal this week, is you can get new sales while you sleep. Now, I mentioned already that you can expect most of your sales and bookings to come from your brand new leads, but it's worth mentioning one more time, calling special attention to the automated nature of a welcome sequence. Now, I know this is going to be a little bit of a difficult exercise because it's 2021 and we're living through a global pandemic, but just humor me and let's say for a second that you're on vacation and you get to this exclusive, fancy five-star resort that you're staying at. One of the things that makes these kind of destinations so appealing is that you usually get a concierge introduce you to the property, showing you around, giving them, you know, giving you their contact information, letting you know that they are there for you as new guests if you have any questions or need anything during your stay while you're getting acclimated. I want you to kind of think of your welcome sequence as your small business's own little concierge, only a teeny tiny fraction of the price that you'd pay for an actual concierge. Just imagine getting that email that someone subscribes to your list, you know, I personally from Active Campaign turned this off because it was filling up my inbox. But I know when I was a brick and mortar business, I had my um, alerts turned on. So MailChimp would actually email me every single time I got a new subscriber. So if that's you, just imagine getting that email, that alert that someone subscribes. And instead of feeling that dread in your stomach, like, oh, I guess I better send out a newsletter again, or, you know, maybe thinking, when was the last time I sent out an email or when was the last time I really nurtured my list? Imagine instead smiling and going about your day as usual, resting assured that your new subscriber has their own little personal concierge or welcoming committee ready to guide them through your story and your main products and services and really get them to know your business. And imagine just seeing that major uptick in sales, the one I mentioned in the introduction, all based of a off of a one-time work effort, which is basically setting up your email sequence, which again, you can find a tutorial for on my YouTube channel linked in the show notes. I want you to be living in that second scenario. I want you to feel joy and peace every time someone subscribes, not dread and you know questioning your email marketing strategy. If that also sounds nice to you, keep listening for my best tips for the elements of a successful welcome sequence. 
All right, now we're going to discuss, again, the elements of a high converting welcome sequence when that actually results in more sales and bookings and what that might look like for you in practice. And I'm going to give you some examples. But first, I'm going to touch on the five specific elements of a high converting welcome sequence. Number one, and this is probably the most important, but a lot of people forget it. Deliver on what you promise. So make sure your content of that first email fits what you promised when they joined your list. So if you offered a lead magnet or a free piece of value or a free coupon or something like that, make sure your email, your welcome email actually has what you promised and that there's not a disconnect. A lot of times I will see people, you know, forget how they're actually getting subscribers on their list and they'll forget to deliver on what they promise. So number one, the most important step is starting the relationship right off on the right foot and delivering on what you promise. Number two, share an offer right away. So I don't like to jump right into selling, but in my welcome sequence, when I deliver what I promise and I start introducing myself and my brand voice and my story, I will usually put a little call to action in the postscript. And the postscript, I could do an entire episode on the power of the postscript, but usually what happens in a welcome email is somebody will quick and they will, you know, scan the email for what they wanted, the lead magnet, the coupon, whatever. And then I've actually found that a lot of them will scroll to the bottom just to see if there's, you know, anything they missed. And they'll find themselves looking at the postscript. And now I won't, again, jump into offering my highest ticket services or courses, but I will offer like a no-brainer, low-ticket offer, like, for example, my business plan toolkit for Play Cafe Academy or for my Facebook ads program if I'm doing a list-building exercise to get more Facebook ad clients. Instead of offering, you know, my thousand of dollars a month coaching program, instead I'll just do my, I'll offer my ads course and audit, which is less than $200 in the postscript of my welcome email. I'll just say like, by the way, you know, if you want to fast forward through, you know, all of the, the, you know, questioning about Facebook ads and all the learning process, if you just want to accelerate all that and just get everything you need to know right now, here's this course and ad account audit. And it's kind of like that no brainer offer that just gets them to pull out their credit card without much thought or consideration. And it just gets them again into your ecosystem. I found so often that people actually want to know how else you can serve them other than, you know, whatever they joined your email list for, whether it be a free piece of content or something like that. But I have found that, you know, especially when I subscribe to an email list, I want to know what else you have. You know, what else can you offer me? What other products and services do you have? And even if I'm not ready to buy yet, I just like to know. I like to have that seed planted so that if I do decide I want it, I know exactly what I can expect. So again, for Play Cafe Academy, I will immediately in that welcome sequence offer my $27 business plan toolkit, and then I'll offer it again in that second email. For my Facebook ads course, I'll, or for my Facebook ads business, I will offer my ads course and my audit, which is a starter course. It's a lower price point. For that hairstylist client I mentioned earlier, I will either introduce her low-priced webinars or a call to book her to learn more about her advanced in-person trainings, again, depending on how that person segmented themselves. And another example that I wanted to bring up is I work with a doctor that specializes in atrial fibrillation, which is a heart disorder. And for him, I don't offer, you know, immediately like come into my clinic and book an appointment. He offers a low priced ebook on living with atrial fibrillation. And that's usually like a no brainer purchase for somebody who signed up for his list because they're obviously affected with that disease or condition. 
All right, the third element of a high converting welcome sequence is that you introduce yourself and start a conversation. So you want to make it personal. You want to make sure you're using their first name if you can. And you want to make sure that it seems like you're talking to that one specific person, not sending out an email blast. So one of the biggest mistakes I see people make with email marketing is they'll start off their email with like, hey, everyone, or like, hey, guys. And that just lets people know right off the bat that you're speaking to a group of people. You're not speaking directly to them. And that's going to really start their relationship off on the wrong foot because you want to make sure someone feels valued and heard as an individual in your business, especially if you do something like one-on-one coaching or something like that. So don't make it seem like you're just blasting information out to your list. Say, hi, you know, Michelle, hi, Cynthia, and then start it off like you're speaking to a friend, not like you're, you know, standing on a stage speaking to a large group of people because people are sitting on their phone or computer screen reading that email alone. They're not sitting in a group of people. So, you know, why would you make it seem like you're speaking to a group if the person that you want to listen to your message is reading it individually? So make it personal, make it seem like you're talking to a friend, like one individual person, not like you're talking to your entire email list and use this welcome sequence as an opportunity to, again, actually start a conversation. So I don't just mean make it conversational. I mean, actually ask them to reply. So this is another postscript tactic that I use. So after I use my sign off and I say, you know, dream big, Michelle, I'll actually do a PS in one of my welcome sequence emails. And I'll say, Hey, do you have any questions? Do you have any any ideas for, you know, things that I can provide you with? What do you need help with? I will ask them an actual question, like not like a big, you know, philosophical question, like, you know, uh, what's your, you know, something that's like would take them forever to respond. I just ask them a really pointed question, like what's holding you back right now? What's keeping you up at night about Facebook ads today? And I'll ask them to actually reply to the email. And I can't tell you how often this works and how often people will reply back, assuming that I literally sent that email specifically to them. That's how conversational I make it is people actually forget or they don't even know, they don't even realize that they're in an automated sequence. They think I'm actually personally welcoming them. And that's exactly how I want them to feel. I want them to feel important and valued and heard. So I love, again, asking people a really specific question. For example, what's keeping you up at night with Facebook ads? And people will reply with, oh, um, I don't know what objective to choose or I don't know what budget to choose. And then I'll actually reply to that email, again, furthering the conversation, furthering the one-on-one nature of this. And I'll say, you know, that's super common. Don't feel bad. Don't feel ashamed. Here's some free content or here's a YouTube video or here's a PDF guide that I made specifically addressing that issue. Not only is that going to make them feel really heard because I'm personally replying to them or having, you know, an admin or whatever reply to them. I try to do this personally just because it's a big priority for me. But if you're super busy, you can have a manager reply to them. And I'll give them more information. So I'll get them back to my YouTube channel or my podcast. I'll provide them a solution to their answer. Again, further solidifying that relationship, making me the go-to person for whatever they join my list for. Now, I talk a lot on this podcast about Pat Flynn's book, Superfans. It's one of my favorite books. 
And asking people to reply to an email in your welcome sequence can really help your new subscribers, again, feel like they are getting personal attention, and that will easily help you to create super fans for life that are more likely to share your business with family and friends and sing your praises from the rooftop. So not only is it going to work to develop that relationship with that one specific person, but it's going to pay you dividends for you know months, maybe even years to come because you're going to start creating super fans for life. Another thing I like to do to make my welcome sequence personal and start a conversation is to check in with them. So yes, I'll send these, you know, big, long, thought out emails about, you know, my story and how I got here and how I can help them. And I'll, you know, introduce myself as the guide in their story and things like that. But I also just like to sprinkle in these short check-in emails. And like, let's say email three, I'll just check in and I'll say, hey, um, just checking in, you know, I want to see how you're doing. Do you have any questions? reply to this email. And that will be the only call to action. I won't direct them to a video. I won't ask them for a sale. The only call to action is asking them to reply. Again, if they missed it in the postscript of a previous email, this is usually the one that gets them to actually reply and again, start that conversation. So you can either put it in your postscript or you can have an entirely separate email asking them to reply, but please just try this out and see how quickly it takes off in your business. I promise you, you will be surprised. And if you're a super large business that's scaling, you might not be able to implement this. But again, if you're welcoming less than 50 subscribers a day, I really urge you to make this a priority and just try it out. All right, the fourth element of a high converting welcome sequence is that it segments the list, which I already talked about about uh, the hairstylist client, but I'm gonna give you some more examples. So if you are an indoor playground, you can segment people based on based off of the ages of their children. That will help you know if they're going to be interested in camp emails or birthday emails or class emails or baby playgroup emails. Or you could segment them based off of interests. So for example, if one of your biggest priorities is offering co-working or offering homeschool classes, you can actually ask them, are you interested in homeschool information? Are you interested in co-working information? And Again, I wouldn't give them too many choices. I wouldn't segment them too much because then it's just going to give you a ton more work every single time you send out an email. But if something is your priority, I would highly recommend you segment your list based on that priority. And then you can also segment people based on location. So if you're a membership-based indoor playground and you've noticed that you know 90% of your members are from five miles away or less, you can segment based on location so that you know who is going to be most likely to end up converting into a member. And whoever's too far away, you can serve them other content. But either way, you're going to be delivering relevant content that is going to be much more, again, high converting because it's going to be what they actually need. And it's going to make them feel even more valued and heard. An example, if you know I'm in my Facebook ad business, I can segment people based on how they run their ads. So do they want to run their ads themselves or do they want to outsource? I can segment them based on what their pain points are, based on how much education they already have. You know, Maybe they've already taken all the Facebook ads courses, so I'm not going to bother letting them know the next time I launch my Facebook ads course. I'm just going to let them know how they can start outsourcing their Facebook ads to me. So that's how I might segment my list if I'm running Facebook ads for people. And again, just to reiterate, that hairstylist segmented her list into two sections, 
people that were just starting out and people that were ready to scale their business because that's how she separated her business. She had one set of products for people just starting out and one set of consulting and products for people ready to scale. So you have to do some kind of you know internal work on your business and see how it's organized so that you can better understand how you need to segment your list to actually make it an effective strategy. Now for that doctor that treats patients with atrial fibrillation, he segments people based on, do you have AFib or does someone you love have AFib? And that really helps him understand how we should be talking to them because he knows people that suffer from the condition themselves will react to different products and services differently than someone who is subscribing because they know someone who has AFib or atrial fibrillation. I have a pediatrician client who is a course creator and he creates courses all the way from sleep training to potty training to screen time for older children and teens. So he segments his list immediately based on the age of someone's child because he knows that, you know, it would really be irrelevant and it's not going to lead to any more sales if he's sending out emails about a sleep training course to somebody who has a teenager. So he segments based on age of children or family dynamic. So those are just some examples, but you have to really understand what your business priority is and what your most important products or services are and who your different ideal customers are and what their different points in their journey are so that you can understand how to make this work for you. All right, the fifth element of a high converting welcome sequence is that you're helping your new subscribers overcome any objections to purchasing from you or visiting you or whatever your goal is, however you convert your customers. So what do I mean by this? Well, for my indoor playground business, basically I found that, you know, especially during like COVID times, the main objection, the main thing that I had to get people, you know, to understand was how they could actually plan their visit. So I was telling people, you know, tips for planning your visit, how we handle COVID, how we handle cleaning. I would send them videos of tours of our facility because I know as a parent of young children, if I can't see and walk through and understand exactly what a business looks like and what to expect, I mean, I know I'm a little bit different because, you know, I have a children, a, a child, excuse me, on the autism spectrum, but Um, you know, I have to know what a business's policy is, how they check people in. What can I expect when I get there? Can I pay online? Do I have to sign a waiver? Because I know once I walk in that door, you know, it can be a little bit unpredictable for my family. So my objection is I would want to know exactly what to expect when I visited. So that's how I handle my welcome sequence for my play cafe. Again, tips for visiting, how we're handling COVID, um, and then just share what our other programs and services are eventually. Now for Play Cafe Academy, I know that one of the biggest objections that people face when they you know, are deciding whether or not they want to open an indoor playground is funding. So I immediately start jumping into funding misconceptions. I give them a ton of information about how to fund their business. And then once they think like, you know, this isn't so hard, I could probably do this, then I'm already moving them way closer to actually becoming a paid client or a paid customer because I'm overcoming that initial objection. With my Facebook ads business, I know a lot of people have been burned before. They've spent a lot of money on Facebook ads and are not sure they want to trust it again, or they've hired a Facebook ads manager that didn't really work out for them. So I immediately give them my best tips on how to hire a Facebook ads manager. 
how to stop consuming content and start actually implementing what they're learning in their trainings and actually seeing results with their Facebook ads. So I'm not, you know, ignoring the elephant in the room that there's a lot of ads managers out there that are just not great. I'm addressing it head on. I'm saying, listen, I know you've been burned in the past. Here are some ways that you can avoid that in the future and move on and continue using Facebook ads in your business. So you just kind of have to ask yourself, you know, what would prevent someone? What is a misconception or a mindset block or an issue or a question somebody might have? Something that's preventing them from moving closer to actually visiting you in person or booking a call or something like that. Think about what that objection might be. And if you don't know, ask your customers, you know, what what was what's stopping you from actually buying from me? What's stopping you from becoming a customer? And they'll tell you. So I like to address that right away in the welcome sequence. And again, these are not emails that I'm constantly blasting out to my entire list because they've already heard it. I am speaking to someone when they are brand new into my business because that's when I know I have their attention and that's the best time to help them overcome these objections. And this is going to make your entire list better converting, better um, receptive to your offers for life, I promise you. If you just tackle these objections head on when they're fresh to your list. And then finally, the last element of a high converting welcome sequence is that you lead them uh, naturally to your regularly scheduled content. So basically, you're letting them know what to expect. So, um, you know, you're welcoming them to your world. You're saying, listen, I put out a new YouTube video every single week. That's what you'll generally be hearing from me. But if you have any questions, you know, always feel free to reply. Let them know how you like to communicate with your list, what they can expect to hear from you, how often they can expect to hear from you, and just kind of lead them into just being, you know, out of your welcome sequence and being a regular subscriber on your list. All right, so some examples. Now, you're probably thinking like, yes, I heard the statistics. I know that I want to start a conversation. I know that I want to welcome my new subscribers in a really intentional way that gets me more sales and more bookings and more calls, all that good stuff. So now I'm going to give you some actual examples. And again, don't forget the tutorial about this is on my YouTube channel. I'm going to link to it in the show notes as soon as it's available. So for my indoor playground example, I just want to share this. My first email is, again, I'm delivering on what I promised. And my lead magnet, my most successful lead magnet for my indoor playground was offering a free coffee at their first visit. Now, the catch was that they had to visit within a week of subscribing to my email list uh, to actually get the free coffee. So I'm creating a sense of urgency and I'm actually getting them into my facility. And I can't tell you how well this worked. Not only did I get so many new email subscribers, but I got them visiting my facility immediately. And coffee isn't something that costs us a lot of money. So we were making a profit on building our email list, even though we were spending money with Facebook ads. All right. So number one, I'm delivering what I promised. I'm giving them that free coffee and I'm letting them know the rules and how they can actually redeem it. In that second email, that very next day, I'm sharing a, a frequently asked questions about our facility. And the third email, I'm giving them tips for planning their visit. So again, this is all taking place within that first week because they have a deadline, right? I have to get them to overcome whatever objections or whatever they're nervous about, about visiting my facility before that coupon expires. Okay, so number one, free coffee. Number two, frequently asked questions. Number three, tips for planning their visit. And then my fourth email, I check in and I say, hey, did you visit? If so, do you have any feedback? Do you have any questions? 
And not only is this a really great way to get feedback and start a conversation, but if somebody had an issue or didn't have a great experience, this is a great way to get that feedback as well. Even if it's not positive, you can probably prevent a negative review and it gives you a chance to address the situation privately so that you can actually take action on that constructive criticism. So I check in, I start that conversation, I make them feel valued and heard. And again, I actually reply to these. And if they didn't visit, I just said, you know, hey, reply and say, you know, why didn't you visit yet? You know, what's holding you back? And if they're saying, oh, I'm busy this week or, you know, I live too far or I can only come on the weekends or something like that, I might extend their coupon. And that, again, it just starts the relationship on the right foot and it really starts building super fans for life. They're so much more likely to keep coming back if you give them that personalized attention. All right, now after that one week passes, I usually ask for feedback. So again, most people, probably like 75% of people will have visited and redeemed the coupon. And I try to segment them differently based on whether or not they visited. I can see this based on waivers, but before I even implemented that more advanced strategy, I would just ask for feedback and I'd say, hey, you know, how was your visit? Again, I'd do another check-in. I'd say, you know, do you have any feedback? Um, Again, just start that conversation. And this will usually get even more more responses than that first initial check-in. And again, even just asking for feedback, even if they don't reply, even if they didn't visit, it's going to just show them that you care, show them that you are invested in their experience, that you care about how they feel about your facility and you care about improving. So I ask for feedback based on their visit. So again, one more check-in. And then finally, I let them know what to expect from the rest of my emails. I might tease my events or, you know, other aspects of my business. I might share my birthday party testimonials. I might share, you know, a few other aspects of my business, but I just let them know, you know, when they can expect to hear from me, what I typically share. And again, I use this as an opportunity to introduce other aspects of my business. Now, this is a very simple welcome sequence, and this is what I started out with. Eventually, I moved, um, I actually kept building on this, and I actually had a welcome sequence that really showcased all different parts of my business and ended up being like 20 to 30 emails long. And While I only send those first few emails in quick succession, so the rest of the email sequences may be sent out one email a week after that first couple emails, Um, but I was really welcoming people and acclimating people into my business for like six months eventually. So the point here is that you don't have to start off with that. You don't have to be intimidated. Just set up with three, four, five, six emails just to get people started and again, have that little personal welcoming committee for your new subscribers. And then you can always build on that. So to give you another example for my Facebook ad business, I, number one, deliver on what I promise in email number one. So my main lead magnet for my Facebook ads business is my ad objective cheat sheet, because that's generally, again, one of the biggest objections that people have about running Facebook ads is they don't know if they're making the right choices. They don't know if they're wasting money. So I deliver that PDF download and I offer them that quick Um, you know, no-brainer Facebook ads course in the call to action. Um, The call to action is in the postscript. So I'm not making it the focus. I'm not seeming like I'm trying to get a sale right away. I'm just planting the seed. I'm offering it. I'm letting them know that, yes, I offer a more premium, more comprehensive solution to their Facebook ads questions. In that second email, I usually answer questions and give testimonials about that Facebook ads fix course. Because I generally have found that people that download my Facebook ads checklist and free resources, they are like ready to solve their issues. They are highly motivated and they are ready to buy. 
with some other businesses, I have to warm people up a lot longer. But for this particular um, email sequence, I just jump right in and I say, listen, I have the solution to your problems. And once I moved this, you know, I used to wait like five or six emails. I would nurture them, nurture them, nurture them, then offer it. And by that time, my email open rates and all that stuff were already dropping. Once I moved this, this course offer to the beginning of my welcome sequence, my sales like doubled or even tripled. So again, a lot of this is testing and trying different things out, but this is what works for me for that business. All right. And that third email, I talk about Facebook ads mistakes to avoid. So if they did not purchase my Facebook ads course, I just keep, you know, agitating that pain point. Like maybe you're making mistakes. Maybe you don't know as much about Facebook ads as you think. Maybe you need, you know, some more comprehensive information, not just that free thing you downloaded. So I'm just agitating that pain point. I'm planting the seed that, you know, again, I have the solution to their Facebook ad woes. Now in the next email, I'm giving them some quick wins. So I might share a tutorial, a tip, again, cementing me as the go-to Facebook ad expert in their inbox. So I'm giving them some free value, just a quick tutorial that they can implement right away and see results from. This might be verifying their domain on Facebook or you know, setting up a traffic campaign or something like that. I just give them a quick win that they can implement. And you know, it just gives them that warm and fuzzy feeling of getting results. Then in the next email, I let people know that I do have consulting. So whether or not somebody purchased my Facebook ads course, I also let them know that I have done for you services as well. Because a lot of you know busy business owners, they don't want another course. They don't want more information. They're just ready to hand it off. So while I do find that I need to nurture people and really you know position myself as an authority more with my Facebook consulting business, I do still put it in the welcome sequence because you know a lot of us are so close to our business. We just assume that our you know, potential customers know that we offer, you know, A, B, and C, but a lot of times they don't, you know, we're way too close to our businesses. We have to really spell it out for them and, you know, lead the horse to the well or whatever the saying goes. But I just let them know, you know, just FYI, if you or someone you know is ready to outsource your Facebook ads, I'm here for you. And I give them that information. So even if they're not ready to invest quite yet, I'm planting the seed. And then lastly, again, I'm letting them know what to expect, how often I'm going to be communicating with them you know, where they can find me, my YouTube channel, my podcast, all that good stuff. So I'm naturally just seamlessly transitioning them from that welcome sequence to my regular list. And then finally, that hairstylist, I'm going to expand on her sequence. So email number one, she's delivering that PDF lead magnet and she's segmenting her list in that first initial email. The second email will have that initial offer that is perfectly tailored to whichever segment those uh, subscribers put themselves under. And we do have like a safeguard. So we have a rule that if somebody doesn't click a list, they automatically get put into one or the other. So if you're wondering like, what if people don't open it or what if people don't click one of the segmentation links, you can have like a default, uh, a default sequence. So these two people not only get a different initial offer, they get two completely different welcome sequences. And again, that's something you can work towards. It's not something you have to do right at the beginning. All right, and then that third email, she offers a free piece of value, maybe a YouTube video, maybe just some extra tips or encouragement. The next email, so email number four, she's checking in. She's starting a conversation. She's asking them to reply. Again, starting to form that relationship and having a real natural conversation. Uh, the next email is she's giving some sort of scarcity last chance offer. Like for example, you know, in that first email, she offered her workshop at a lower price. Let them know that, you know, it's going to expire soon. I only offer this to brand new subscribers within two weeks of joining or something like that. 
this, um, we implemented this after we were noticing that a lot of people were clicking on her offer link, but not converting. So by sending out this reminder, this kind of like last chance, again, uh, giving them a little bit of urgency, it really helped get a lot of people off the fence and into her offer. And, you know, I don't like false scarcity or anything like that. To me, it's really icky. But in this case, she felt so confident that this product was so, you know, underpriced and so valuable to this specific segment of her customers that she felt fine doing it because she knew that they had money block issues and, you know, especially new hairstylists, they were very wary of spending money. So she felt like she just needed to give them a reason to pull out their credit card and make the investment. And that's how confident she felt in her services and her products. And I got to tell you, she never had one single request for a refund while I was working with her. And then finally, she transitions them onto the rest of her list. So she lets them know what to expect. All right. So that wraps up the episode today. I don't know how good of a job I did with keeping it short and sweet, but I really hope you take two things away from this episode. One, email marketing and a very intentional and thoughtful welcome sequence should be a number one priority in your business, especially if you're busy and you need that automation to make a consistent flow of sales and bookings. And then number two, your email marketing strategy is worth investing in. So a lot of the people in my Playmaker Society group mentioned like, I don't really have 21 extra dollars to spend. I'm telling you, when I look at those statistics, 89% more revenue, 332% more sales. I'm telling you, just try it. Even if it's just for a couple months, I promise you, you will be able to make your investment back like tenfold. So just promise me that you'll give it a try. Just bump up to even the lowest tier your email service provider has. Just give it a chance and make it a priority in your business because this is the one thing that really took my indoor playground business from uh, just surviving and keeping my head above water to actually thriving and being able to get that new, you know, new bookings, new sales while I rested because I had that automated sequence set up running behind the scenes, like a well-oiled machine in my business 24 seven. All right. Have a great week guys. I also did drop a bonus episode this week about dealing with mental health and running a business. So if you're interested in that, that is also on the podcast feed this week. If you have any questions or anything like that, please feel free to DM me on Instagram or shoot me an email. I will put my contact information in the show notes. And if you haven't read yet, please subscribe. I put out a new video or excuse me, a new podcast episode every week. And please leave a rating interview on iTunes. It helps so, so much. I love being able to impact business owners with this podcast. And the best way that you can help me do that is to leave a rating and review. All right. Have a great week, guys. I'll see you next Tuesday. 